The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome, everybody, to the first show of this year, the Work-Life Balance. I'm so excited today because I've got a very dear friend of mine uh, that's going to be joining me in just a second to uh, discuss a very hot topic, uh, especially around IT and, and development in the business world today. I uh, want to thank our sponsors, uh, CA Technologies. Uh, as always, uh, a great supporter of R-Square Consulting, a great supporter of me. Uh, we're so glad that they're here. Uh, for those of you that are, are hanging on from the last show, we, we thank you for being around. And, uh, you know, I've got a jam-packed show today, so I want to just jump right in. Uh, I'm going to be introducing, uh, uh, again, a great friend. He, he, he loves to tell the story of how we met uh, in San Diego. We've known each other for years. Uh, his name is John Stenbeck. He's uh, actually very deeply committed to PMI, the Project Management Institute, and uh, quite frankly, based on Amazon sales, is now recognized as the number one agile expert. I'm going to say in the world because I can. He won't say it, but I'll say it. Uh, he's got the Agile Al- Almanac that just hit uh, Amazon. It's already number one uh, in the Agile uh, space, and it's number two in project management because, quite frankly, nobody's going to top Pembok. But uh, quite frankly, uh, this book is phenomenal. I've had a chance to read it. We're going to bring John in right now to help discuss it. John, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well, Rick. Thank you for that kind introduction. Of course. Yeah, I'll I'll brag on you. I'll say you're number one in the world because you know we know a lot of people and uh, and nobody's quite like you. Uh, Do you want to take just a quick second and introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, I've been a project manager for many years. Was an accountant. Before that, so I've probably got the worst case of OCD of anybody that anybody <laughs> knows, and uh, that that's driven me to try and achieve excellence in a lot of areas. I'm a, a PMP, a PMI ACP, a certified Scrum Master, a certified Scrum Professional. So I got all those little letters after my name from the industry certifications, and and really have uh, worked at the challenge that we're going to talk about today. How do you get work-life balance? Because and I, I started out as a you know in corporate America and the, the Fortune 1000 arena doing projects, and then moved on to being a consultant and now self-employed author and speaker. And losing work-life balance for me, for my teams, for many of my corporate clients seems near impossible. So it's going to be just a great topic. And and we're going to be touching on that uh, holy grail, and, and certainly with your certifications on both sides of that. You know, can Agile and PM really coexist together, or is it you know one methodology or the other? You're going to have the answers to that by the end of today's show. Uh, jumping right in, uh, you know, Agile Almanac again. I've, I've had a chance to read it. The the advanced praise uh, in the book uh, from some of the leading experts in in our industry is just amazing. It's it's overwhelming, as a matter of fact. Um, and so this has really been a sorely needed topic because it's 
with anything that are buzzwords or things that you know people start to throw out as agile and scrum, a lot of people pick up on it, but they don't really know how to execute it or what it is. And so, and you know, with your expertise focused on agile project management, you know, how's the rise of, of this book, Agile Almanac? Um, uh, does, does does that mean traditional project management's over? Are we done? You know, that's a great question, Rick. It's kind of like the old the old thing we used to say about God is dead, right? It's, it's traditional project management, this 800-pound gorilla that seems like it's been around forever. Is it dead because Agile has come along? You know, as you mentioned in the book, one of the, the folks who wrote a foreword to it is, is a guy who's in some respects responsible for the rise of traditional project management. Uh, I'm referring to Jim Johnson, the, the chairman of the Standish Group, and you know he was responsible for them issuing the first of those biennial chaos reports that we're all so familiar with, where you know the the research showed that you know corporations trying to do projects were experiencing one third of them being outright failures, one third of them barely uh, being completed, and only one third of them succeeding, and so. The, the the research and the authority of the the Stanish group brought to everybody's mind in, that the focus needed to be on how do we better manage projects and and from that first report in ninety four to today they fueled a huge growth curve in the number of folks considering project management profession it led to the the robust growth of PMI and so then along comes agile project management. And and what it was in response to the fact that it seemed like in the the evolution of project management we had we got better but we didn't get that much better so there seemed like there had to be a better way to do it so so the truth is from our perspective from my perspective I'll say I would say that that traditional project management's not dead because really agile project management traditional project management come together in the the next evolutionary phase that we call hybrid project management. And, and in fact, point. this next phase has really begun because the top executives of most large organizations have begun to understand that there is a huge cost to failed projects, and there's also an exorbitantly high cost to having high turnover amongst your super-skilled, nearly irreplaceable knowledge workers. Right? And having them leave because of failed projects or because there's too much pressure being put on them, right, it can really cripple an organization. There's a great book out, Drive, by Dan Pink. I'm sure most of your listeners have heard of it. I know you've seen it, uh, read it, and the like. And, and it, he really was kind of instrumental in addressing this idea that, that work-life balance, he didn't use that term, but, but he really addressed the idea that what he called sustainable pace, or what we call an agile sustainable pace, but he addressed this idea that knowledge workers right, can, can lead to almost organizational self-sabotage if they're not treated correctly. And so agile project management fits nicely with traditional project management in trying to address that and, and move it forward. One of the things that Dan Pink's, uh, I'll call it model of how he expressed um, creating an environment that, that really optimizes the ability of a team of these high-powered, super-smart knowledge workers to, to get things done. I always remember as, as an AMP model, AMP, kind of like, uh, uh, you know, AMP up the electricity, AMP up the voltage. And, <clears throat> and AMP 
And Dan Pink's model, where I draw it from, stands for autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Right? The, the knowledge workers are smart. They do not need somebody telling them, you know, minute by minute, hour by hour, what to do. And a big part of what motivates them is they want to be allowed to, to be self-managing, to be autonomous, and combine that with demonstrating that they are the masters of their technology, the masters of their universe. So we got autonomy and we got mastery. What what Agile really helps and what, what executives, what project managers, what coaches, what anybody in that high-tech kind of space needs to understand is that linking it to purpose, helping to really uh, get your team to see that, that the project's outcome is related to an important purpose is the third leg of that triad or stool or whatever you want to call it, the AMP model to turn up the voltage and get really robust project results because that's the way the organization's strategy can be brilliantly implemented. And that's what top executives are concerned about. So if, if a top executive is smart, if a project manager, program manager is smart, they have what I like to call an enlightened self-interest and they embrace the idea that sustainable pace, what you call, and I like the way you put this, right, work-life balance, that the sustainable pace, this balance, is a key to unlocking personal excellence, organizational excellence, and results that can define and stabilize and communicate the power of the organization and the projects and the teams and deliver really desirable results. So I know I'm running on a little bit there. Let me Let me let you jump in because... You really hit a hot button for me. This is such an important no, and, idea. And there's so many people now that are really writing about it. I mean, Covey, in his latest book, really covered the fact that most of the knowledge workers have no idea where their job or their projects fit into the overall strategy of the company um, and how you know they really need to be focused in. You, know, you talked about uh, Jim Johnson. That's probably some of the highest quoted statistics out there of the 37 to 82% of projects failing, depending on which one of those chaos studies you're still using. Um, and, and all of that, you know, is fantastic. And the biggest thing to me, certainly around project management and uh, the work-life balance is I, I think a lot of the work-life imbalance comes from project managers not knowing how to push back on executives or, or traditionally go after dates or, or that kind of stuff. They just accept whatever date and budget they get and they say, okay, let's go after it. And, and that really pushes those that those knowledge workers itself into that work-life imbalance. I mean, in, in our past, nights and weekends used to be a calling. It used to be something we had to do. It was a strategic project. We'd knock it out. Everybody would celebrate. That would be that. Now it seems like nights and weekends are just expected. It's just the way it is. And and I think that that's where these new models in, in Agile and Scrum are, are certainly trying to help balance that and at least time box that. Um, really quickly, we've got about two minutes until break. But, I mean, from what you're saying um, with Agile project management and traditional project management, you know, is any one of those the answer? Because, again, most of us are going to say that, that a lot of the project managers are responsible for killing that work-life balance, not improving it. And project managers, to some level, have to own a degree of responsibility, um, and they've had their own work-life balance destroyed. And I think that's why Agile's gotten so much traction and why ultimately it's going to lead to a hybrid approach. We'll never get there, right? Isn't it they, they say awareness is the first step? 
will never yes. get there without awareness, right? The employers and the employees are in it together. They're both in the same boat, and we achieve success, and we go over Niagara Falls, and we do it together. So executives with an enlightened self-interest are going to organize the work environment and structure it so it supports this integrated, intelligent process of, of sustainable pace and gives give the employees a sense of personal safety about tackling problems without being expected to to sacrifice their family or their their lives on the altar of the you know the corporate goodness and so yeah I think we can get there and I I don't know that it's any one person or role's responsibility I think we're in this together and we got to find useful solutions in a way that that keeps everybody moving forward. Well, I appreciate that. We're going to be going to break here in just a second. Uh, and, and when we come back, we're going to be discussing some of my favorite myths that I've heard. I really want to bounce a couple of things off of you that I've heard in the marketplace around Agile and find out if they're right or not and find out uh, you know, some of the silly things I've actually heard. I'd love for you to hear and, and, and get your comments on that. But while we're away, if you can, please go to www.gr8pm. So it's www.greatpm.com. Find out all about John. Uh, please go out to Amazon. It's it's uh, the Agile Almanac. All you have to do is search for the top-selling book in Agile right now, and you'll find him. Go order his book. Go support this gentleman because he's doing fantastic work out there for us. And we'll see you guys on the other side of the break. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, Visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back. Again, you guys just heard the number. If you'd love to uh, call in and, and ask a question directly to John or myself, you're welcome to do so. We'll leave some time at the end of the show to, to do that discussion. Coming back, talking about the agile project management versus traditional project management, whether that was dead or not. Um, you know, as we look at all these new types and methods of, of doing work, uh, I'm reminded of a great quote I actually heard uh, last night directly from from John Maxwell, where he says, you know, everything worthwhile is uphill. And that was, that was powerful to me. I mean, everything worthwhile is uphill. It's an uphill battle. If, you, if you're not putting work into it, then we're not going to achieve that. So when you start looking at an organization and, and they're looking at adopting Agile or, you know, amending their project management practices, it's not an easy task. I mean, it is an uphill task. Which brings you to, to some of the favorite things that I've heard. I'd like to bounce off of John. John, some people in, in Agile, and, and as a matter of fact, I've, this is a direct quote from a client, says, well, you know, we're Agile now, so we don't need project management. What, what do you think about that? It's interesting because that's a myth that we hear so often, and, and it's, it's obviously incorrect. In fact, it just it makes me laugh when I hear somebody say that. Agile, when a lot of folks, when I hear them say that, they're using Agile as an excuse for bad behavior. Wow. It's like saying Agile means we're not going to do planning. Agile means we're not going to do reporting. See, that's just bad behavior, and those are, are myths, but they're commonly, you know, commonly heard kind of myths. The principles of project management, when they're done right, and I think that's the key, whether you're doing Agile or traditional, uh, if you're not doing it right, you're doing it wrong. You're causing more problems than you're solving. And Agile at its core is simply applying lean principles to project management. So when it's done right, it's, it's improving planning. It's improving estimating. It's, it's improving risk management by eliminating waste, process waste and product waste. But eliminating waste is really at the core of lean. It's at the core of Agile, and it's a, it's a core principle that can help us do project management together. I love that quote you just shared from John Maxwell, right? Everything we're doing is uphill. Project management is, is a career choice to only do things that are going to be uphill. You know, if it's downhill, they don't hire a project manager. They do not put a project team on downhill effort. So if you're doing project management, if you're on a project team, you're doing what what you just quoted John Maxwell saying. You're doing uphill stuff. Well, the thing about moving uphill is you do not want to drag any unnecessary weight with you. Excellent and what's point. So, what's so funny when you hear this, right, we're doing Agile so we don't need project management. I've heard a similar kind of comment from clients of ours in the construction industry where they're saying, we're construction, we don't do Agile. But if you look at their process, the front end of the process of of blueprints and reviews with the client, and then those blueprints have to be reviewed and approved by the building department. I'm telling you, that's an agile, iterative process. Now, sure. once those are approved, 
and construction starts, they switch to a traditional approach because they don't need Agile. Being traditional and using the hundreds of years of data that they have for doing it right is the most efficient, least wasteful way to do it. Right? Nobody would take you seriously if you say, we're going to build a shopping center or a bridge or a hotel without a plan or without a manager. And, and so if you, I guess if you were doing Agile on stuff that was really small and insignificant, perhaps you could say we don't need project management. But that would be saying we're doing Agile on something going downhill. And that's not where they have teams and project managers. And it's it's a great point. And it, it, what's interesting is is you you hear it as a crutch. And, and you know, to me, what Agile is doing with you know similar to what Six Sigma did for the manufacturing process. You know, Agile is bringing to the development process, right? So Six Sigma was about eliminating waste, about eliminating redundancies, you know, making sure that we don't have a bunch of, of stuff in inventory, right, just in time manufacturing. It's almost applying those same principles to a development environment, which has been largely unregulated at this point. If you look at the phases, uh, uh, trying to remember who I heard this from, uh, it's Dr. James Norrie, actually, uh, He's the one that, that talked about the, the phases of, of IT and how, you know, before it was just this is what you get. And then it became so customer driven. Now we're kind of coming back together to where the customer and the business is working together to achieve the same goal. So it's eliminating a lot of that waste. So with what you said, you know, d- does that mean project management that operates at a sustainable pace is all about identifying goals Clarifying how to break large problems down into smaller manageable pieces, achieving wins without killing uh, the team's work-life balance. I mean, what what really do you think? I I would agree with what you just said there. In fact, you know, Agile's been, been implemented incorrectly and produced bad results like cowboy coding and low productivity, just as surely as traditional project management has been improperly or incorrectly implemented and caused all kinds of problems. And, you know, and so, again, another source of those, uh, those agile myths about we don't do documentation, we don't need no stinking plan. But, but you're correct. Yes, project management, agile project management done correctly is a process of rolling way planning, progressive elaboration, decomposition. And that's true regardless whether you're doing agile or traditional or hybrid. I think the big big factor that we, we, we still continue to seem to overlook is that the path for organizational success, the path for project success, the path for personal success comes back to that third factor in Dan Pink's model. It's all about purpose. And so if I have senior management and they're using the new buzzword, the new banner of Agile to try and abuse their people, it's, it's not going to work. It's going to fail just as surely as if, you know, if traditional project management was new and they were using it for that same uh, inappropriate purpose of abusing their people. It's going to fail. What we need the senior management to do, what we need project managers to do, where senior management's failing to do it, is to step in, identify the purpose, link the organization's purpose to the project's purpose to the team's purpose, and then demonstrate that the optimal strategic advantage comes to everybody. When we have sustainable pace as a, as, a, as a defined requirement that's a critical part of the system that's going to produce repeated successful outcomes over the long term. See, that's what I'm saying. Is I, in my opinion, everybody's got to, got to understand that it, it's not the system. It, it's, it's about using it correctly. 
And you know, you know what I do for a living in the sense of implementing you know, software and PMOs for organizations. And, and I'm seeing this natural conflict out there, especially when you're trying to operationalize a business, is, you know, first of all, that there hasn't been a great linkage historically between a strategic plan that an organization has and then the projects that they select to, to work on. You, a lot of times you can't even get those to match up. But the, the biggest thing I hear in the industry is I want to know what my people are doing. What are they working on? What's happening? You know, are we overallocated because we don't know? And so when you start to put that into a system like, you know, CA's Clarity or, you know, any, any of these other tools that are out there, and then you reach out to the Agile group and you say, okay, we're going to have to start at least allocating our resources. You know, a lot of the pushback I get, I, I hear, well, we can't estimate, uh, we, we don't estimate in time. You know, it's all story points. and Or we can't, we can't tell you when this is going to be done because we're Agile. And to me, that's becoming an excuse to not be accountable. Does that make sense to you? It absolutely makes sense to me. And again, when I hear somebody say, you know, we're doing Agile so we can't tell you what we're, what we're, what we'll finish or when, that's just an excuse for bad behavior. We can, but it means we've got to take a little more uh, serious inventory, I'll call it, of our process for creating stories, for sizing them, for aligning and batching them in our iterations and then aligning those iterations to our releases so we can roll them up to our roadmap and all of that. But see, this is, I think, why project managers get a bad rap, a bad reputation, have such a terribly hard job. We've got senior management that doesn't have clarity and isn't working to have clarity, isn't being disciplined or, or required to have clarity at some reasonable level when they lay out the roadmap. And we've got teams that are struggling because of that lack of clarity, that lack of a requirement definition, to use a traditional term of that, the lack of a, a, a true customer representative for the viewpoint that's necessary there to create the stories and, and, and lay out the releases and the iterations. That, that's leading to disaster for everybody. And, and, and we need to pull this together. And it's interesting, Rick, you mentioned, you know, systems like, you know, the, the one from CA and stuff. And, 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 you know, the backbone of the logic in many of those systems is, is what we refer to as Kanban. And Kanban has become the hottest new area in, in Agile. And I think it's because if you understand Kanban correctly and you, you implement and apply it correctly, it, it creates some structure or vehicle to, to help or to discipline senior management into defining what it is they want and what resources they're going to make available so that we can use that to govern uh, the input that's being fed to the, the project manager or the product owner, whoever's guiding the team and the team's process and helping with that so that we get reliable, predictable outcomes that are the, the smartest or most optimal choice. I'm not and sure if that's making sense to you. No, absolutely. We're actually seeing that in the industry. So again, if you look at your traditional solutions, you know, CA Clarity, PPM, uh, you have Plan View, Primavera, all of those, they're very good at the portfolio side, right? The, the linking it to strategy, choosing the right uh, projects, that kind of thing. But there's been a, a huge lack in tying that back to a system that is agile enabled, such as a rally or uh, you know, version one, those types. And uh, I don't know if you're aware, CA actually just purchased Rally. Uh, so that the integration between the two, can, we can start to have each group work in their kind of autonomous way, but still tie all the information together uh, so that we're linking everything to strategy. And Kanban was a big 
big driver of that. So that makes absolute sense. Um, and speaking of that, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and head to break. Let uh, everyone hear a commercial from CA Technologies as they're my platinum sponsor, and I appreciate them greatly for that. And uh, John and I will be back on the other side of the break. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the work-life balance. And we're back. Uh, we've got John Stan back on the phone. I've enjoyed the conversation so far. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying the conversation. And uh, again, please call in if you'd like to uh, chime in or ask any question because we've got the expert uh, on the phone with us today, joining us again is John Stenbeck, award-winning author, best-selling author. He's been on Oprah. He's been on the Today Show. He's been everywhere, uh, and he's just an an all-around great guy. And and just on a personal note, John, one of the best networkers I think I've ever met. 
is, is every time you talk to John, he's always he says, oh, you know, you should meet so-and-so because you have similar interests. And 30 seconds later, an email comes out and you've got a new connection in business. So if you're not connected to John Stenbeck, find him on LinkedIn, find him on Twitter, find him through Great PM, but get connected to John because it probably knows you know, six degrees of separation, you know everybody in this country, John, straight up. So (laughs) coming back, uh, you know, we we were discussing traditional project management, agile project management, the fact that people use agile project management to cowboy code or as an excuse for bad behavior, and all that certainly makes sense, right? But as always, the the devil's in the details, and what I'm really interested in hearing from you, uh, you know, because I know you are so successful as a project manager and entrepreneur. I've I've had a chance to sit and visit and have beers with you and really dive into that to that knowledge base that is your brain. Um, what are some of your keys that you'd like to share to being a success and and still you know maintain this work life balance that we all strive for? Well, well, Rick, thank you first of all for such a kind description of me. I, I wish I was as good as you make me sound, but, you know, the truth is I don't always maintain a perfect work-life balance, but the good news is I don't think you have to. If you keep it as a goal and you work towards it and you're continuously improving, right, there, we'll talk about a lean principle, right, continuous improvement, uh, that's a good thing. Part of my challenge, I imagine, is that I have too many goals that I want to accomplish. i got a lot that I really want to get done while I'm, you know, here on planet Earth, um, and so I probably need to, to learn to say no more often to, to invitations to, to even to good and fun and interesting stuff that, that people want me to, to do with them. So if, if I could get better at using the, the word no, that would probably be one key to, to me having better work-life balance. There are some, some simple tools and techniques that I use, uh, again, acquired from, from Stephen Covey and other, you know, others of the great ones among us, uh, kind of thing in order to help deal with that. I, I love the concept of block time. And so if your listeners are not familiar with block time, you've got you to Google that or you've got to read uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And essentially, it, it tie, it, well, interestingly, it ties into some research I read that was you know, statistically significant sample size, like 10,000 American workers. And, and I won't give you all the details because we don't have that kind of time, but the, the nuts... The, the nub of what came out of that research is the average American worker works a 10-hour day at the time the survey was done, worked a 10-hour day, and they had two hours and 17 minutes of productivity. Yep. The concept of block time allows you to, to, to improve your productivity by 50 or even 100%. It simply says pick a block of time. Look, for me, I'm a morning person. I block out 60 or 90 minutes in the morning. And then if you can, and, and I start out doing just that, and now it's, I have block time in the morning and block time in the afternoon, and that's where I, I shut off everything in the outside world, and I focus on getting something important done, right, or, or eating that next, you know, bite of the, the proverbial elephant so that I can get an important elephant done over a period of time. So block time, probably number one key to, to what success I've been able to enjoy. Uh, written plans. All the research shows that if you have written plans, you're more likely to succeed. What's interesting is you internalize it, and people who have written plans, written goals, think they're better liked, think they're more successful, feel more likely to win, and, and that's a big key to doing it. So I, I, you know, I, I operate with written plans. Uh, and then the last one, they really kind of tie directly into the whole project management and agile thing, and that's do rational estimating. Right? When I'm going to take on a big task, 
I try and, and get rational, get real about, you know, what's it going to take and how are we going to break this up and what's the best way to approach it. And, and all of those steps are rather simple, but that does not mean they're easy, right? Simple does not always equal easy. The great news is I don't have to bat 1,000 to be a winner, right? The, the, the best batters in the Major League Baseball, because I know you're a big sports guy there, Rick, what, what are they batting, 300, something less? <laughs> if, if I'm batting anywhere near, a, you know, 300, I, I'm, I'm worth millions. So I don't have to bat 1,000. I just got to use some tools to keep improving my average. <laughs> you you bring up some great points. Uh, first, the productivity point I like uh, the you know the two point one seven hour uh, of, of pr- actual productive time. I shared a story in my uh, first show uh, about a longboard company that has actually gone to uh, four and six hour workdays and has seen a productivity increase because they're they're happier and they're more focused in that in that block time. Uh, perspective that when they're at work, they work hard and they get it done, uh, but we're, we're not having to punch the clock for eight or 10 hours or that kind of stuff, which which was some really amazing results uh, that we're looking at, that, you know, for sure. But the the other study that I just read, which, which I found fascinating, and this happens to me all the time, is I, I'm pretty good at, you know, I have my list every day that I do. I don't write it down if I, if I know I can't accomplish it today. Uh, I have one of those boogie boards where I can just hit the button and it erases. That's that's the way I like it. I'm going to get it done, then forget about it. Uh, but uh, one of the things that, that pains me all the time is when I'm complete and I'm down with my family is, is you know, work still going through my brain and, and whether or not I accomplished this or accomplished that or is there a task I forgot or, or something of that sort. And the study uh, was fantastic. It was fascinating because what it said is that there's actually a 75% increase for you to relax and actually, you know, some people toss and turn when they're trying to sleep because they're thinking about, oh, I got to get this done tomorrow, whatever, that if you had a task that you were going to plan on completing, you didn't get a chance to complete it. If you take five minutes at the end of the day to plan what you're going to do about it tomorrow, that there was a 75% increase to people getting a more restful sleep and not being so restless at night with their families and, and being able to kind of step away and have that work-life balance. I found that fascinating. You know what's interesting about that comment, Rick? It, 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 you, know, you know, they talk about how the goldfish can't see the water in the bowl. Yep. I picked up that same piece of information, I don't know when, some number of years or decades past, and I started doing it. I do that so much so I forgot that it was something I had been taught. <laughs> that, that's the, that's that's the way we've always done it here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because people ask me that, you know, how how do you sleep? Well, I sleep good. You know what? That's one of the reasons why is that tip that you just brought up there. I had I do that religiously, and I didn't even think about the fact that I had to be taught it. But it, we, it works. Yeah, we teach a concept around uh, uh, goals and roles, and so so the way I've always built it is is again all of this stems from Covey and everything else. But I looked at what Covey was doing with with goals, but uh, what I didn't see was that project management side of it, which was the alignment to strategy. And so it's one thing just to say I have this goal, you know, I'm gonna lose weight or whatever. Um, to me, I put it more to a strategy and identified roles. So I'm a you know husband, I'm a father. You know, I'm a friend, uh, I'm a business owner, all of those things. And so I categorize my goals kind of under that so that I know each day when I accomplish my list, I've advanced towards each role in, in each overall goal 
that that I'm trying to to go after. So it's a great way to kind of compartmentalize for me and not freak out at, at, at my my list every day. Great wisdom in that. And you know, it's funny. Right, and I'm going to back this up, take this off on a sidetrack here because it's still. And maybe this is. Yeah, I can't seem to put it down. It's pinging around in my head. You know, just before we went to break, you were talking about you know CA and combining with rally and all of that. And you know, some of these techniques you're talking about us using on a personal basis can be transformative for us. That new allegiance between CA and rally it is going to facilitate agile and project management. I greatly believe this in a way that's going to just be huge for because agile can, agile's doing good. But Agile could do a lot more in terms of really helping to empower hybrid project management combined, you know, to really get organizational results in the same way that some of these simple tips and tricks that you and I have picked up from Covey and the like have applied. I think that, that that's going to be really brilliant. And we're seeing some fantastic results. So, you know, if you look at the traditional systems from a CA PPM perspective, you know, you write your project schedule, but... What you do in Rally or what you do in Agile with Kanban and everything else, that you break that down into far more fewer segments, you know, or far more segments um, than you would ever want to track in a project schedule. There's no way I would want to track how far things get broken down in an Agile environment in a tool like CAPPM. So we've seen results already with clients where, you know, as a project manager, I can just put in module one. That's all I care about. And I can fire that off to Rally. Rally then takes it down and breaks it down into the 400 tasks that they need to complete for from an agile perspective. And all that time rolls up and just hits module one on my plan, which is what I care about. When is it going to be done? How long is it going to take? How many hours do I need a budget for it? The rest of the stuff I really don't care about in the long run because that's what Agile is driving for me. So we're already seeing some fantastic results with those integrations and in bridging the two gaps together. Well, and you know, and using technology to to do the tasks we don't want to do to intermediate complexity into simplicity is just brilliant. That's why I really do think. You know, I mean, I know you touched that. That was kind of an off the top of your head side note there. But I'll tell you that I think this can be a very, very important trend for organizations and organizational leadership because, you know, at the, at, at the highest level, this Stephen Covey type stuff that we're talking about, right, the senior executives have to decide who we're serving, why we're good at it, and what we need to deliver in order to be able to fulfill that mission. The project managers or the middle of that, that equation, if you will, needs to be able to take what it is we're going to deliver and, and translate it into to bite-sizable chunks that the teams can then decide how we're going to deliver. And, and a big loss in the communication between those three groups is that the folks who are who've deciding how to do it really at some level Aren't, aren't particularly interested in the, in the why we're doing it or, or who we want to be a decade from now or what's going to happen in our customer market segment. And then the project managers caught in the middle. Kind of, I always describe project managers, remember the old-time circus performer, the guy standing with one foot on two horses <laughs> riding around the yep. ring, right? Yep. And one of those horses is senior management. The other horse is the technical team. And the project managers, the, the guy trying to stand up there because if he falls between the horses, he's going to die. <laughs> and that there's a real communication challenge there. Now, what I hear, you know, as I hear you describing the, the, the marriage between CA and Rally and, and, and the cool stuff that you guys are doing for your clients in terms of making it so that the, the technical team doesn't have to 
you know, waste really what boils down to waste their time trying to, to explain stuff in a way that the project manager needs so that the project manager can translate it to what the senior management needs and then the other, you know, communication come back the other direction. Having a, you know, full, robust system with technology intermediating that is going to be profound. And that it is. We're seeing some fantastic results. And we can actually discuss a couple of those when we come back from break. While we're on break, please visit www.greatpm.com. That's G-R, the number eight, pm.com. Find out all about John, what he can do for you and your organization. And again, pick up your copy of Agile Almanac on Amazon right now and keep that at number one for my partner here. Uh, With that, we'll be right back from break. We'll see you on the other side. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage. Where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. So I did get a question on, on break from, uh, from a listener that was asking where that music comes from, from when we're coming in and coming out. Um, you know, we uh, we all have multiple interests. Uh, I actually own a uh, entertainment company as well, and, and uh, managed for a while a group called the Party. 
uh, which came out of Mickey Mouse Club years with you know with Britney and Justin and everybody else. Uh, we were recording an album, and that was one of the songs that uh, that was there. So uh, I get to use it because uh, I actually paid for it to to be made. So um, anyway, I, I appreciate the the party and, and Jason, Damon, Dee and everybody uh, allowing us to use that for our music here in the Work Life Balance. Coming back, uh, we've been talking to uh, Amazon number one bestseller John Stenbeck with the Agile Almanac. Uh, and John, I, I know a lot of the in, uh, listeners are, are interested. I'm certainly interested. You know, what's next on your list, and uh, how are you going to keep focused on that work-life balance while you complete that list? <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, you got me, Rick. I don't know. Um, so I guess it, at the top of the list for better or for worse, right? You, you write a book, it becomes a number one bestseller. Well, when we publish The Agile Almanac, it's book one of an intended three-volume series with the second volume being how do you scale Agile to programs and virtual environments and multiple teams and all that stuff. And then volume three, how do you, how do you fully finish scaling it to the enterprise? And we've been doing a lot of research in that area and I'm very excited about those two books. But boy, I'll tell you, writing books is hard hard work, that block time concept we talked about factors in it to a huge. So I'm excited about the idea of collaborating in, in the Agile Almanac book one I wrote myself, but the next two books, it's going to be a collaboration with the, the other brightest minds in the field out there to, to really come up with useful answers uh, for, the, for the readers, for the teams, for the organizations that will want to have it. So, you know, that's, that's one of the things, and, and that will be pulling on one side of me, but my first grandbaby was born. In oh, February. congratulations. Yeah, and I'm telling you. So, right, that, that whole thing is pulling from the other side. And the truth is, I hope he wins. I, yeah. I have, you know, I, I try and live my life by design and not by accident. And, you know, part of my design was to be in a place when grandbabies started to arrive that, you know, I, I could reposition my work life uh, in a way that I could spend more time with them. And so we're actively... Uh, pursuing that realignment of the organization. It means we'll, we'll create more online content and do some other things because we do want to continue to help and support the, you know, our, our, our great PM family, as we call them, of, of the folks who have uh, studied with us and we've consulted with or coached or mentored. Uh, but I intend to really have, I, I totally enjoyed raising my boys. Being a dad was the, the best part of my life. And, and now that they're dads and grown up and, you know, grandbabies on the way. I'm totally looking forward to that. So that's kind of what's, you know, on, on the list for me. I feel like Sounds I should put like that question and ask you because, you know, with your entertainment company and all your other things, how are you keeping your work-life balance? It, 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 and you said it perfectly. It's with purpose. Uh, if, I, if I don't have the purpose of what I was trying to do, you know, I, as being a project manager for, you know, organizations uh, like Xerox, like GE, like CAA, it was fantastic, right? I got a great chance to learn quite a bit, but I was also on the road all the time. And, and you know, my daughter was a newborn at that point. It was really, the, in fact, by the time she was uh, 18 weeks old, she had lived more in Indianapolis than she had at home because I took them with me on a, a a client. I couldn't leave him at home, but I had to go to the client, so I brought him with me. And it was really there that I started to put together the vision of, of owning my own companies and, and doing that kind of stuff. So, like you said, I can say no and and walk away from things that that are affecting that work life balance. And I know that that's not an option for everybody out there, but 
Well, one of the things I'm always pushing on to project managers, especially you know when I'm teaching them how to, it's not challenging a date, but how to really qualify, you know, mandated date or scope of a project or something like that, is saying you know when we sign up and we do nights and weekends, you're making somebody decide whether or not, you know, am I going to go to my kids, you know, baseball game or soccer game, football game or that kind of stuff, or am I, you know, going to go to work? And, and a lot of times project managers are taking that decision away from the people by not leading and really fighting for that work-life balance. And that's why I became so passionate uh, about work-life balance, about really pushing um, things at all kinds of, you know, all of those different pieces. So for me, it's it's through intentional living, and and I and I say that on purpose because last night again I got a chance to to have uh, an hour long uh, coaching session from from John Maxwell himself on his new book Intentional Living. Which if you haven't uh, heard that or read that or gotten a chance to to see that, it was it was amazing. Um, and through intentional living is the is the only way I see that you can truly balance the two things that you're looking for. You know, it's interesting, and I and I appreciate that. I think maybe that's why we became such fast friends after we met, is we both have that intentional living, great phrase, right? Great way to say that approach to our lives. And, and I, I think it's part of why you were a great project manager, why I've enjoyed being a project manager. I, and early on, I recognized that my life at a certain level was the most important project I was ever going to manage. That's a and great way to put it. Into, right, it falls into Stephen Covey's quadrant, too. Extremely important, but never pressing and urgent and loud. So if you aren't creating a project plan for your life, if you're not working on some of that stuff, you don't stand a prayer of a chance of having work-life balance. And if you don't have work-life balance, the final outcome is not what, what, you, what you're going to want. I totally agree with that. I'm actually... Uh, we're coming up on close. So I want to thank you for for joining me and, and spending your valuable time and uh, both of us, you know, stepping away from our work life balance to improve others' work life balances. Um, but uh, I want to kind of close with a quote here uh, and get your comments on it before we break. Uh, John Maxwell said last night, "If someone else is writing your story and all you are doing is passively reading it." Trust me, it's not the story you were created to have. And to me, I mean, I got chills when I heard him say that. If someone else is writing your story and all you are doing is passively reading it, trust me, it is not the story you were created to have. Go ahead, John. I just got the same chills hearing you repeat that. I mean, he's brilliant because he has work-life balance because he slows down and takes the measure and reflects. And you know what? I'll just leave that as my closing comment because you've got a great show and you're a wonderful host and your audience is going to benefit from it. But if they don't take the time to slow down and listen to their heart, to listen to their their, their visions and their goals, right? I, I'm, I'm fond of Scripture. And scripture says without a vision, people perish. And if you have an imbalance in your work life, you lose sight of your vision and you perish. So that's my final thought. Thank you so much, Rick. Thank you, John. And again, you guys can visit him at greatpm.com, G-R, the number 8, pm.com. This has been John Stenbeck with us. Certainly enjoyed having you on. Next week, super excited. Somebody you know as well, John, is I'm going to have Tracy Duez 
uh, on the show, and we're going to be talking about the axiology of the brain, which is just a fascinating subject. It, it is the only personality test or thinking test I've ever taken that, that one, I wasn't able to manipulate the, the answer the way I wanted it to come out, <laughs> but, but two, really gets to the heart of how you make decisions and how you live your life. It is a fascinating topic. I hope everyone joins us. That's the January 15th show coming up with Tracy Duez. Uh, Again, my final farewell to a great friend, John. I know we'll be talking again very, very soon. And for everyone else, thank you for listening to the Work-Life Balance. Give a shout-out to Winston Price, my executive producer. Love that man so much and everything he's done for me in my career. And uh, we appreciate everyone listening. This has been the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show. 